guide me, O thou great Jehovah, pilgrim through this barren land. I am weak, but thou art mighty. Hold me with thy powerful hand. Bread of heaven, feed me till I want no more. Hello, I'm Lurley Siemens and welcome back to Church History. I have to apologize for not being here last week. I've been working on some really great projects. I'm going to talk about that in just a minute, but I've also been busy recording audiobooks. And as a side note, if you're looking for a voiceover artist for your audiobook or YouTube channel, send me a message because I would love to help you with that. I've also been really busy helping other people launch their podcasts editing podcasts and setting up podcasts for people. And last week was extremely busy with some new clients. So this podcast didn't get up and I apologize for that. And here's the exciting news of something I am working on. I am actually working on writing a book, not just a book, actually a whole series. I've decided to take this podcast and turn it into a book. So each week I'm going to give you an update on where we are with that. So be ready to buy that first book when it comes out, because hopefully it will be pretty soon. So today we started the podcast with the words of a very popular hymn, and that is the story we're talking about today. In 1717, a Welsh baby boy was born into a nonconformist family, John and Dorothy Williams. It was a really hard time to be a nonconformist. We've been talking about this a lot lately. The Catholics and the Protestants hated each other, but they both hated the nonconformists. Some of the nonconformists were called Puritans. Some were called Quakers. They were groups that refused to conform to society norms or to political pressures. And into a family of nonconformists was born little William. Yes, his name was William Williams, and he was Welsh. As a young boy, William studied at the Lynn Academy. This was a nonconformist academy. He was well-educated in both biblical studies as well as science. It was science that grabbed little William's attention, and he proved to be extremely intelligent. He began to make plans to be a medical doctor. Although William had grown up in a home that believed the Bible, and he had attended an academy that preached the Bible, William had never personally made the choice to become a follower of Jesus Christ. This is the case with many young people who grow up learning about Christianity, but never become Christians. William knew the right answers to all the questions, but he had never made it personal in his life. One day, William heard that a famous preacher named Howell Harris was coming to town to preach. Howell Harris was a great evangelist, and William wanted to hear him speak. So he went to the service, and that night changed William's life. He saw for the first time that he personally was a sinner in great need of salvation, that Jesus died not just for the sins of the whole world, but for his sins, that it was his sin that nailed Jesus to the cross. And in repentance of his sin, William cried out to God for forgiveness. And in that moment, 
William went from knowing about Christianity to being a Christian. William suddenly had a hunger for the Bible. He could not get enough of it. He wanted to read it, study it, memorize it. And his medical studies suffered. In fact, he left his medical studies and focused entirely on biblical studies. He would still heal people, but instead of healing bodies, he would heal souls. William also began to move away from the nonconformist movement and became part of the Anglican Church. Now, since he was in Wales, they called themselves the Church of Wales. In 1740, he was ordained as a deacon. He tried to become a priest. However, since he came from a nonconformist family and studied at a nonconformist academy, he was rejected. While William didn't see himself as part of the nonconformist movement, he was basically pushed into it. If he wanted to preach, he was not allowed to preach as an ordained priest in the Church of Wales, so he had to preach as a non-ordained preacher. The great evangelist Howell Harris believed that one of the ways to teach theology to the people was through songs. In England, this had become a trend, and he could see that it was working. But there was no great theology songs for the Welsh people. So, Howell Harris created a contest to find a great Welsh song. William wrote a song and submitted it, and he won first prize. This started William on a path of writing music. In his life, he would write over 800 Welsh hymns. His most famous hymn, Guide Me, O Thou Great Jehovah, was published in English as well. And that was what we started this podcast with. Then tragedy struck. William's father, John, died. Dorothy moved to be closer to her son and so that William could help her. They moved to a place called Penticillin. In 1748, William was married and he changed his name. Since he lived at Penticillin, he became known as William Penticillin. Apparently, William Williams thought his name was a little ridiculous as well. Williams was a preacher, but he did not just have one church or even just one town as his parish. He saw all of Wales as his parish. He began to travel and preach. For his entire adult life, he traveled and preached, riding his horse all over Wales, preaching in every town. In his 43 years of preaching, he traveled over 100,000 miles. Not everyone was happy to see and hear him. Many people attacked him, and his travels became dangerous. But he never gave up. He kept preaching. Revival swept all over Wales during this time, people would say, the devil trembles when William rides into town. While William was a very serious preacher, he was a very funny man. He loved to laugh and make others laugh. His home was full of laughter. And also, he was a romantic. He loved to write romantic poems for his wife. He was known not only for his great preaching, but also his music. His songs became popular with the common people and those who had never been given the opportunity to sit in a college and study theology were suddenly memorizing and singing great theological truths. Imagine with me, you're at a rugby match. The crowd is excited. Men have faces painted and they are cheering. Suddenly, a large man stands and starts to sing in a voice that carries across the stands. Guide me, O thou great Jehovah. The crowd erupts and soon everyone is singing along. 
This has been a common occurrence at rugby games for centuries. If William could see how much of an impact that one song has had on the world, he would not have believed it. The idea that songs would be used to teach the common people theology was an idea that worked, and it's why the great hymns of our church history are so rich. At the age of 74, William died in his home. You can still visit his home. In fact, his home is one of the most visited places in Wales. When I tread the verge of Jordan, bid my anxious fears subside. Death of death and hell's destruction land me safe on Canaan's side. Songs of praises, songs of praises, I will ever sing to you. I will ever sing to you. In our next episode, we're going to be talking more about the Methodists. Who were they? Where did they come from? And what impact did they have on church history? Believe it or not, the entire Methodist movement almost ended before it began. You see, there was a house fire that almost took the life of... Well, we'll talk about that next week. For more podcasts, videos, and blogs, and soon-to-be purchase a book, you can visit lauraleesiemens.com. I'll see you next week.